48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines, Apple reverses course and bans an app that monitors Hong Kong police activity. The MTR network moves a step closer to normality, but services will still close early tonight. And as Sino-US trade talks resume, reports say the two sides remain far apart. The creators of an app that helps people track the movements of police in Hong Kong say Apple has banned the product from its app store. The software giant said the HK Map Live app had been used by protesters to ambush police. Richard Pine has more. Apple had initially rejected the Hong Kong Map Live app last week before reversing its decision and allowing the developer to list the app on its store. However, in a statement issued via the app developer this morning, Apple said the product violated its guidelines and local laws in Hong Kong. The U.S. tech giant said it had consulted the police's Cybersecurity and Technology Crime Bureau and been told that the app had been used to target and ambush police and threaten public safety, while criminals have used it to victimize residents in areas where they know there is no law enforcement. Apple's reversal follows criticism from state media. In an editorial last week, People's Daily said the app obviously helps rioters and questioned whether Apple intended to act as an accomplice. Train services have largely resumed today, with Chungkwano being the only MTR station still closed following a weekend of vandalism. Other stations, such as Kwantong and Mongkok, reopened despite some of their facilities still being repaired. This commuter said his rail journey to Mongkok station was no longer than usual, but he felt it was inconvenient that some turnstiles were still out of action. Not convenient. It's, you have to line up to pass out or in. But I think the, only the peak time is a problem. Yeah, the normal time is OK. Ms Chung, a university student, said her trip from Wangchukhang to Mongkok Station was as smooth as ever. She said she didn't see any sign that the damage at Mongkok was serious enough to justify keeping it closed. I didn't realise any change from the MTR station. I don't know why they closed for so long. Not as serious as they claimed. The MTR Corporation says train services will be suspended from 9 tonight to allow more time for repairs. The chairman of the Hong Kong Federation of Education Workers says school operations have been normal since the anti-mask law came into effect on Saturday. But Wong Kim Leung says masks should, be, should not be worn in school unless absolutely necessary, so as to enable sincere and peaceful communication. He also says teachers should tell pupils to take care when wearing masks outside school because of the sensitive situation brought on by the protests. But education sector lawmaker Etkin Yuen says teachers have a wider responsibility. Teachers should have a more important uh, mission, that is to help students understand uh, the whole situation. Why such a law is introduced? Is this a proper one? I think well, uh, teachers should help students to have independent thinking and to consider from different perspectives, uh, not just following the law, but to have a deeper understanding and critical thinking about the law. Mr Ip also said that schools should advise younger pupils against going to the front line of protests after children as young as 12 were arrested at recent demonstrations. He said schools should advise them on alternative ways to express their views. For the youngsters, they should know that you know, they are still very young, too young. And there are other ways to deal with these issues. When you see something very unfair, you want to achieve justice. Uh, I would advise them to understand more, to discuss with 
different people, to discuss with their family members, and to express themselves in a very safe way, and to study. They can contribute more when they are grown up. A group representing people in the property and construction sectors has suggested using containers to build temporary housing at vacant school premises. The Hong Kong Real Property Federation said it estimated that thousands of flats could be built at 35 empty campuses across the SAR. Its vice chairman, Derek Yip, said the container homes would be a short-term measure to help people who who were on the waiting list for public housing. Technically, it's not difficult at all. I think it's more important the government has the courage to do it immediately because, you know, it's all about the laws, how to convert from, from the BD, and, and, and they have to approve a lot of things. But if government would like to do that, I think it would, very, it would be very easy for them to do it. I mean, very fast to complete all these. Taiwan's President Tsai Ing-wen says the biggest consensus among its people is the rejection of one country, two systems being implemented on the island, citing what she called the failure of the formula in Hong Kong. She was speaking on the National Day of the Republic of China, known as Double Tenth. Ms Chai said one of her biggest responsibilities was to safeguard the island's sovereignty and defend against the mainland's aggression. She also said she was committed to maintaining peace in the Taiwan Strait. Turning overseas, there's been broad international criticism of Turkey's military assault in northeast Syria on Kurdish forces. France, Germany and Britain have requested a meeting of the United Nations Security Council. A monitoring group has reported that at least 10 civilians have been killed. President Trump described the attack as a bad idea, but it came just days after he withdrew American troops from the area. Critics of Mr Trump's move in Washington include his normally close ally, Republican Senator Lindsey Graham. He said he'd lead an effort in Congress to ensure the Turks pay a heavy price for their offensive. The head of NATO, Jens Stoltenberg, urged Ankara not to cause human suffering. I count on Turkey to act with restraint and ensure that any action it may take in northern Syria is proportionate and measured. We must not jeopardize the gains we have made together against our common enemy, ISIS, because ISIS continues to pose a grave threat to the Middle East and North Africa and to all our nations. European leaders also reacted with alarm to the Turkish offensive. The European Commission President, Jean-Claude Juncker, urged Ankara to stop. Turkey has security concerns at its border with Syria. However, I call on Turkey, as well on the other actors, to act with restraint and to stop operations already, as we are speaking, underway. This military action is not leading to good results. The American military says it's taken custody of two British detainees notorious for their roles in an Islamic State cell that tortured and killed nearly 30 Western hostages. Here's the BBC's Chris Buckler in Washington. President Trump says that some particularly dangerous members of the Islamic State group who were held by Kurdish forces were taken into US custody ahead of Turkey's invasion of Syria. It's understood they include Alexander Koti and El Shafi El Sheikh two of a group of four Britons who were nicknamed the Beatles by their hostages because of their English accents. They kidnapped, tortured and murdered Westerners, including journalists and aid workers. 
and they released videos of beheadings at a time when IS controlled substantial territory in Syria and Iraq. The former US Vice President Joe Biden has made his most direct call for the impeachment of President Trump. The Democratic presidential hopeful was addressing supporters in New Hampshire. No president in American history has ever dared to engage in such unimaginable behavior. With his words and his actions, President Trump has indicted himself by obstructing justice, refusing to comply with the congressional inquiry. He's already convicted himself in full view of the world and the American people. Mr. Biden's comments came a day after the White House said it wouldn't cooperate with the impeachment inquiry. The German Chancellor Angela Merkel has attended a memorial vigil in Berlin for two people killed in an anti-Semitic attack in the German city of Halle. The attack took place on Yom Kippur, the holiest day in the Jewish calendar, when a gunman tried to get into a synagogue. He then opened fire on the street outside. This eyewitness said he saw the attacker throwing a grenade into a shop. The man approached the kebab shop. I noticed immediately that something was wrong because he was wearing a helmet and had an assault rifle. Then he threw something that looked like a hand grenade with gaffer tape on, which bounced back off the door frame and did not land inside the shop. One suspect, a white German, has been arrested. The British Prime Minister Boris Johnson is due to meet his Irish counterpart Leo Varadkar today in an attempt to find enough common ground to arrive at a Brexit deal. The key sticking point is how to avoid a hard border in Ireland once the UK leaves the European Customs Union. Here's the BBC's Chris Mason. The prospect of securing an agreement which would allow the UK to leave the European Union with a deal three weeks today, on October the 31st, looks remote, and few believe there is much prospect of a major breakthrough today. Each side's plan is rejected by the other, and the EU summit, where any deal would have to be signed off, is just a week away. With time in such short supply, the focus is turning to what happens next, how the government might seek to frustrate Parliament's desire to stop an imminent no-deal Brexit, and how soon, whatever happens, a general election might follow. To financial news, and there are fresh concerns about Sino-US trade talks that are due to kick off later today. Mike Weeks has details. The South China Morning Post quoted two sources with knowledge of the meetings, saying the Chinese side refused to talk about forced technology transfers, a core U.S. grievance. The report also said the Chinese delegation, headed by Vice Premier Liu He, would leave Washington a day earlier than scheduled, on Thursday, after just one day of meetings. The news came shortly after President Trump told reporters he thought China wanted a trade deal more than he did. Without significant progress to end the 15-month old trade war, Mr. Trump is set to hike tariffs on 250 billion US dollars worth of Chinese goods from the current 25% to 30% next Tuesday. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 25,732. That's 49 points up from the previous close. Market turnover was $41.6 billion. And the currency is the US dollar is trading at 107.44 yen. The euro stands at one US dollar and nine cents. And the pound is worth nine Hong Kong dollars and 58 cents. Time for sport now and here's Joanne Wong.
Starting with rugby and England's World Cup match against France and New Zealand's clash with Italy have been cancelled as Typhoon Hagibis approaches Japan. Both games were due to be played on Saturday. The unprecedented move means Eddie Jones' side, who lead the French by two points, will progress as winners and face a probable quarter-final against Australia, with Wales expected to top Pool D and therefore play France. Tournament organizers have yet to decide on games scheduled for Sunday, including the crucial showdown between Japan and Scotland, who earlier thrashed Russia 61-0 to keep their hopes of making it to the knockout stage alive. The BBC's Chris Jones says tournament organizers have a tough call to make. This would have serious and far-reaching ramifications for Pool A, which has been the most exciting and competitive pool at this Rugby World Cup. If it was called off, it would mean that Scotland go home and Japan go through. And for all of Japan's brilliance in winning their three games, the enormous euphoria that's around this country with the host going so well, that would be a, 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 a really enormous anticlimax were that game to, to not take place because everyone here is really looking forward to it. But we also have to keep stressing though this is a serious natural disaster that will um, have repercussions for, for people and, and the way they go about their lives. So we have to probably keep everything in a little bit of context from that point of view. But certainly this is an unprecedented sequence, a sequence of events for a Rugby World Cup. To football and FIFA has fined the Hong Kong Football Association $120,000 after local fans booed and whistled the national anthem at a World Cup qualifier against Iran. World Soccer's governing body said it was reprimanding Hong Kong because fans caused a disturbance during national anthems and used objects to transmit a message that's not appropriate for a sport event. Hong Kong lost 2-0 to Iran in that match last month. And the SAR team will resume their World Cup qualifying campaign later tonight, facing Iraq and Basra. The Hong Kong squad sit bottom of Group C after two games, and football commentator Chris K.L. Lau isn't optimistic about Hong Kong's chances. Iraq are one of the strongest teams in Asia, and after their 1-1 away draw in Bahrain, Iraq will look for the three points. Iraq are currently ranked 64 places higher than Hong Kong in the FIFA rankings. Now, Iraq are playing in Basel tonight, and it's a milestone for them, and it's their first competitive home game in Iraq since 2011. Their past qualifiers in competitive games have been played in Doha and Abu Dhabi. Iraq's danger man could be Jolan Hamed, the Swedish-Iraqi midfielder who's been cleared to play for Iraq for the first time. A huge home crowd for Iraq will probably cheer Iraq to all three points. History will be made in Iran later today when women are allowed into a football stadium for the first time since the 1979 revolution. Following demands from FIFA, the authorities have said women will be allowed to watch the country's World Cup qualifier against Cambodia at Tehran's Azadi Stadium. The move follows the death of Sahar Kaduyari, an Iranian woman who set herself on fire after being put on trial for attempting to enter a football stadium. And that's your get sport. To end the news, the top stories once again. Apple reverses course and bans an app that monitors Hong Kong police activity. The MTR network moves a step closer to normality, but services will still close early tonight. And as Sino-US trade talks resume, reports say the two sides remain far apart. The news from RTHK. Employers must take out employees' compensation insurance policies irrespective of employees' length of contract, working hours or mode of employment. Any employer who fails to comply commits an offence and is liable to a fine and imprisonment. Employees may seek help from the Labour Department at 2815 2200.